when he blew himself up, when he exploded, all his body parts rained on the roof. So when I woke up, I had his like intestines, all of his like uh, arm was over there. His insides were still sizzling and all that. Now, Giovanni Kano? Yes. Not Kano. AKA Kano. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Purple Heart, ex-Marine, Iraqi war veteran. Let's go over the origin story because you have a crazy story. I want to make sure that everybody understands, you know, where you come from and the things that you had to battle back from and what you're doing now. So let's start it off, man. Why did you decide, one, to become a Marine, right? Go do all that stuff. Be the best that you could be, and also decide to write these crazy comic books. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, just want to start off. Thank you for having me. No problem. Uh, it's a pleasure, um, and I love the work that you're doing, man. And uh, you know, so great time being well, on we here. We met. We met. We did the seminar here. Yeah. Uh, back at the old spot. Yeah. What a year ago now? About a yeah. year and a half ago, was, something like that. Yeah. And he came up to me. And I, I'm gonna go ahead and cut you off real quick because you mm. came up to me and told me this story. Yeah. And I was blown away. And this is why I knew I had to have you on the podcast when we were up and running. So let's go back though. Start off like why all this occurred and start off about your your background and where you started. So I was born and raised in Chicago, uh, mm -hmm. Illinois. I grew up in an, in the Belmont and Craigan neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, it's known also known as Belden City mm -hmm. and uh, you know Chicago talk and stuff and uh, pretty rough mm -hmm. pretty rough area you know grew up around some rough dudes and mm -hmm. you know rough environments and but um, it all served for a great purpose yeah. when I went to the military especially the experience you know when it came to combat and stuff yeah. but uh, yeah I grew up there I went to Steinmetz High School okay. uh, in Chicago mm -hmm. and unfortunately Reaching my sophomore year, uh, one of my good friends that I looked as an early mentor, big brother, all of that, um, got killed on the mm -hmm. side of the school. And gotcha. that is what, one, changed my life forever mm -hmm. and really altered the direction, you know, where I was going and stuff like that. Could I imagine? How old were you then? I was a sophomore in high school, so maybe, okay. yeah. Teenagers? Yeah. Like 14, 15? 15. Yeah. And for me, it was like really, really traumatic, you know, yeah. because one minute he was there mm -hmm. and I was looking for, you know, guidance and, you know, rest in peace to him. His name was Steven Petrovic. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, he was, he had a big impact in my life, you know, early on, because I was, I knew I wasn't a college, you know, I knew I wasn't going to go to college. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't really liking school, sure. but I was just looking like, what do I do? You know, where, where do I go? And yeah. he was one of the first, or the first person to say, you know what, Iraq is going on, you know, why don't you go serve your country, man? You know, go do something big, man. Like, you know, mm -hmm. they'll take care of you, trust me. And he was playing ball, he was playing football. Mm -hmm. So, you know, eyeballs were on him. You know, he had a, as long as, you know, he kept doing what he was doing, he had a good ride to go play, you know, at least college ball and stuff. So, yeah. and he's like, if it was me, you know, if I wasn't doing, you know, playing ball, I would do it, man, you know, that's, you know, what a great honor. Yeah. And at that time, this is like 2003, uh, Iraq already kicked off, you yeah. know, it's all over, it's all over the news, you know, mm -hmm. Fallujah was starting to kick up, you know, and, and my, actually my unit, 3rd Battalion, 5th Marines, mm -hmm. were, was all over the news, you know, they Bless were there. And then... Uh, Bless you, by the way. <laughs> so, um, 
you know that he had that you know that that big brother role gotcha. early on in life and then i'm getting there and i'm like all right you know and pow you know he gets in the fight Damn. with the wrong some of the wrong guys you know yeah. in school and then uh you know about two days later they pulled him aside from the side of the school while he was walking his dog and uh attempted just to kill him in the van but he punched out you know the 15 year old kid was who was the gunman yeah that actually was like trying to do it mm -hmm. he knocked all his front teeth out uh the kid's uncle was the driver and you know wow he was there so he had to pull over this is all on camera on the side of the school just after hours uh -huh. so the uncle pulls over they he so he's fighting for his life he's fighting these two guys and that is the the, the warrior the gladiator that we knew you know of him yeah because he you know played ball he was a beast he was he just had that impact and so he went out the way he always yeah. you know talked about how he would go out you yeah, know yeah. fighting for sure and but that all that when that happened it was just taken away too fast you know mm -hmm. like that, that was like my big brother you know how old like, was he 17 he was a senior so, so 18 17 18. yeah, yeah so crazy. that happens you know and then about a week later after you know the burial we say goodbye to him mm -hmm. the gang that got you know into it with it, they cornered me on the stairs and they're like hey we're, you know where's your buddy at now mm -hmm. you know he's not so tough now of course you know, and I, I get angry to where the point where like tears are coming out of my eyes, yeah, wanting man, to, you yeah. know, do something. And they were like, go ahead and, you know, go ahead and lay, go ahead and punch. You'll be in a box before the bell rings. Mm -hmm. And right away I was like, well, <laughs> either, you know, I get bullied and I stick around here and wait to see what happens. Or, I, you know, I transfer schools. I go to another school. And at that time, the surrounding high schools that were around there were telling me that it was like a two-year wait to get into the school. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was like, if you're not living in the district, you can't come in here. So a two-year wait, you're a sophomore, you'd be done by then. Exactly. That's crazy. And a two-year, yeah, two-year <laughs> wait. School systems are amazing. So the doors started, the doors started closing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if I want to continue to go to the school. Yeah. Because I know it, you know, like I'm. Um, I'm at, it's something something bad's gonna happen you know yeah. so i decided to drop out of high school mm -hmm. and then at that time getting a gd was like i think the gd was like 300 something dollars go to a community college mm -hmm. but to me 15 16 year, years old that was like a billion dollars yeah. you know where am i going to come up with that money yeah and my mom wasn't too happy my parents were too happy with yeah. the decision mm -hmm. so and you're if, guatemalan descent right yeah mm -hmm. and if you know, if I'm grown enough to make those decisions, I'm grown enough to come up with the money or at yeah. least get the, the GED. So is that big in that culture? Like as far as like getting getting an education, obviously, it, are they from America or they, did they go from Guatemala? So my real dad uh, passed away when I was three years old and I got raised by my stepdad. Gotcha. Uh, he's Mexican, you mm. know, and my mom's uh, Guatemalan. Okay. But, um, you know that generation there was just all about work 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 mm -hmm. you know putting food on the table and For stuff sure. and they did everything they possibly could you know yeah. to help me out but yeah. when you're living in that area in the hood mm -hmm. you know it's just the way it is yeah know? no for sure feast or famine yep. you know kill or be killed it's just mm -hmm. it is it is the way it is yep so um 
I didn't want to put that pressure on them to where help me, help me. Of course. Like, yeah. You know, they got to go to work. They got to put, you know, food on the At table. At any time, did you picture yourself getting caught in that world of, like, dealing drugs and doing bad No, shit? not at all. Okay. You know, I just was, happened to be friends with, you know, a good dude that yeah. got in a fight with the wrong person. Gotcha. You know, and... So you weren't looking for trouble. It just no. Found you. Yeah. you know, and it's, you know... It hurt me a lot to where I, I couldn't continue to go to school. There's no way, you know, mm -hmm. and, and to see those guys, you know, and to, mm -hmm. it's just too much, you know, so. Gotcha. Here we are, you know, I don't, I'm out of school mm -hmm. and I knew that sitting around for two years or saying that, all right, I'm, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get it done. A lot could happen within that gap. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Uh, and not all bad things, you know, maybe I get a little job or something and that's the most money I've ever touched. So I yeah. think the whole world is going to be surrounded by this little job that I got and, and think that I'm forever going to be 18, 17 years old gotcha. and, and survive off that kind of money. You mm -hmm. know, I see it happen all the time in the environment. You know, they get a little job, people get comfortable and they just stay there, you know, mm -hmm. and, then it's, and then it's the missing factor. Like, I need to go back to school. I need to get my GED. Yeah. Time passes by, you know, and since I wasn't too uh, school savvy or anything like that, I knew that that was going to be a, a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I was honest with myself right away and was like, all right, you are not the person that is just going to push through, get school done. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. You were self-aware at a young age. That's yeah. good because some people aren't. It yeah. takes them a long time all the way through their 20s to actually find out who they are. Yeah. So you know your strengths, you know your weaknesses. What, what made you decide to actually go and uh, forego the military? I know based off of your boy and, and, and what he said, but yeah. when was the time where you're like, you know what, I'm going to go do this? And to be completely honest with you, I was like, if I'm going to get killed out here for <laughs> any kind of reason, yeah. it's going to be overseas for a good reason. Wow. Okay. You know, and not off of dumb high school politics. He said, she said, you yeah. know, tough guy stuff, you know. So I knew that, hey, all right, there's a purpose over there, you mm -hmm. know, and a lot of my family members are our Marines. So that was something already cooking. Okay. in there you know yeah, so an it was option. already preset yeah yeah you know and got it and just just but i just needed to get there you know mm -hmm. graduate high school or or leave at 17. Mm -hmm. so i go to the recruiter's office and i'm like what's the fastest way in there at 17. yeah and he's <laughs> like well just graduate high school i mean yeah that's it and bring your and come in sign up we'll, we'll send you and i was like well i don't have a high school diploma i dropped out you know and he's like well if you get a ged and your parents sign at 17, right when you turn, I mean, you know, it's kicking off. Mm -hmm. So we'll yeah, send we you, we'll send you, right? We need you. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. So one of my cousins, uh, Anthony, actually went to a juvie slash boot camp military school mm -hmm. where a lot of the juvenile kids in the state of Illinois, all the trouble kids are mostly court ordered to yeah. go there. And it's ran by the National Guard. It's called Lincoln's Challenge. Mm -hmm. It's uh, ran by the National Guard, a lot of Army Reserve drill, drill sergeants are there, and the program was from January to June. Mm -hmm. You're in there, but you're in there with all the worst kids of the state of Illinois. It's not Chicago, but the state of Illinois. It's a pretty long time, too, January yeah. to June. But the program is, you could sign yourself up for that program, you don't have to be 17. You could just be like, I want to change my life or yeah. the court ordered me to get here, you mm -hmm. know, and I have to do that. I have to complete this program. Gotcha. But there's a free GED involved. Okay. So my, cousin, so my cousin's yeah. like, 
all right, he was like, I got an idea. He's like, you can sign yourself up for that school. Okay. Go get that. Get and, that. And you're ready almost. Like it pre-plans you for what you're going to have to deal with inside the military, correct? That and then the adversity that was going to come. Yeah. You know, because that's, you know. Well, that's what I mean. It's just like every day. Yeah. You're going to have to be on point. And going from. At you. But the worst going. part about the situation was that you're going, I'm going, all right, I'm leaving this situation because of this extreme. Yeah. Now I'm going to even a bigger extreme yeah. because I'm going to be stuck mm. with them and mm. that kind of. Yeah, but it's a little bit, obviously it's more structured. It's a more structured environment. Yeah. It's chaos, but it's controlled chaos. In a way for the first three months because yeah. uh, all the kids get picked up on the, at the Bear Stadium actually. So they all got to, wherever you're coming from, from Illinois, uh -huh. all meet up, all the buses show up to ship everyone out to Champaign, Illinois at the mm -hmm. Bear Stadium. Okay. But this is at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning and mm -hmm. fights are breaking out in the dark. Parents are crying, saying goodbye to their kids. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's, wow. it's, it's street politics to where it's on site. Ah, uh, okay. And these so kids, like a lot of gangs, and a gangs. lot of these kids will be held accountable oh, wow. if word gets out that hey, you were technically around these dudes, yeah, and your buddy buddy now, you guys are like, uh, you know, like what is this major pain? <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Vivo Barefoot. Now, check out VivoBarefoot.com. That's the minimalistic shoe that I've been rocking on all my videos. If you've been watching my Instagram and YouTube, those are the shoes that I've been wearing to help my foot gain full foot functionality, strengthen up the intrinsic muscles of the feet to allow myself to perform better and then also reduce the risk of injury. Now, I personally like the Geo Racer Knit and the Primus Light 3. Check them out. Go to VivoBarefoot.com and get the discount code DERU15 to get 15 percent off your final purchase all right now let's get on to the podcast you know what i mean like yeah. that's the kind of politics it, that they're it, held accountable for okay. you know so fights are breaking out left and right yeah we're on the buses you know we're on the way to champagne and noise mm -hmm. you just hear dudes getting stuck in the bus we Man. constantly have to pull over <laughs> we get to the school you're going through medical you're getting your shots you're getting guys are getting knocked out with shots in their arms oh shit so what year is this this was in 2004 okay and you know i'm going through it and i'm in a complete like oh man yeah. like i thought i got out of that situation i thought i'm actually gonna get you know somewhere smoother no yeah so now i'm in there and i gotta completely you know survive mm -hmm. you know adapt yeah. to the environment and then mission first mm -hmm. be like okay i know inside i know what where i'm going mm -hmm but I have to handle what this is because it's not like, it's one thing being in that position and be like, all right, I gotta go over there. Yeah. And I'm used to it, you know, yeah. and that. Well, that's the one thing is you're used to it. And, but the great thing about this, and, I'm, and I always try to find the positives in this, mm -hmm. is that you knew exactly what you were trying to do. Yeah. What, what was the goal? What was the vision? You know, what was the objective? Where when you were on the streets or you were back at home, you really didn't have an objective. You were yeah. just trying to survive. But you know that now I can survive and win if yeah. I keep moving forward with it. Exactly. Yeah. And, but, you know, get to the, get, yeah. get to the end goal. Yeah. And that was a rocky road because mm -hmm. there was just so many situations where I wasn't even ready for it because I wasn't technically healing from what just happened. Yeah. So I'm going, you know, trauma's already starting, you mm -hmm. know, unpressed, you know, unprocessed. Mm -hmm. trauma and then I'm going from one extreme to the other 
and then here I am. But eventually, after three, four months, the game stopped. Everyone kind of like, all right, we're all in this together. You know, camaraderie lifts up. The magic happens. You know, everyone becomes a team, becomes great friends. Yeah. And then it's just, you know, uh, going there, but still dealing with boot camp and the, yeah. and, and, and the program and the structure of, of the school. Gotcha. So gotcha. get out of there, graduate, mm -hmm. go to them. How many fights you get into over there? I got into one fight. Okay. And Not a bad one, though. It was, and the only reason, and this is... Scuffle, like a big, big brawl or just like just one No, on one? so um, this is the crazy part about it. And this is where I kind of had a peace with God. And I was like, you know what, God? Yeah. I know this is extreme, but I know you have me where you want me. Because mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the dudes that circled me in the stairway mm -hmm. was in... I caught him there at the, at the cafeteria. Mm. And when we were going through line, it was just a Are you serious? It was just an instant reaction. Wow, that's crazy. And bah, 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 we're going at it, you know, break it up really fast. Yeah. But there's where I Did you I see kinda... him prior to seeing him in the cafeteria? No, I had oh, no wow. idea. And okay. it, this is like with the process and signing up for the school and all of that, that's about a year almost process. So whatever happened in his life, you know, till mm -hmm. then he ended up there. Okay, gotcha. But after that, I kind of had a peace, and I was like, you know what, God, that's too much of a coincidence. You know what? I know you have me exactly where you want me. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't too religious and like where I'm at now. Yeah. But I just knew the basics. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, thank you. I, I, you know what? This yeah, is sure. too much of a coincidence. Sure. I'm gonna take it as a as a sign, saying I don't know where you're you got for me, mm -hmm. but obviously it's something big because this is I don't understand it, but. All right, Makes you know, yeah. so that happens. Finish, you know, finish the course, finish the school, get my GED, yeah. go back to the recruiter's office. All right, here it is. <laughs> Seven, yeah, 17 years old. All right, cool, infantry. That's funny, man. Let's go. That's awesome, though. You know, go, go through boot camp. What, and you were like, I'm going right to infantry. You don't want to do anything else. You're just going right Well, I'm not going to like sit here and be like, yeah, I was gung-ho and all that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the only score I could get on the ASVAB. <laughs> you know what I mean? It right, was, well, it, I like it, it. I like it. It was either that. Very honest man here. It was either that. <laughs> yeah. Motor T, which is truck driver. Yep. Yep. And then that's it. I think it was the only two. Mm -hmm. But my uncle was uh, uh, one of the nicknames for infantry is grunts. Yeah. My uncle was a grunt. My cousin uh, was a grunt, a machine gunner in Somalia. Yeah, machine gunners, yeah. So it was, it was going that way, but yeah. could I sit here and pound my chest and be like, if I would have got a 90 on the ASVAP, yeah. would I have went, you know, <laughs> infantry? Maybe, yeah. you know, but it was all destined, sure. you know. It, it was definitely destined, especially when we get into my Iraq experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, you know. Graduate the program, get in there, go to boot camp, you know, mm -hmm. go through the whole boot camp stuff. How was boot camp compared to the school? Extreme. Yeah. And I wasn't ready. I mean, I was 17. So I'm like, again, not, I'm not processed yet from mm -hmm. everything. So the stress level in the boot camp mm -hmm. was like a lot for me mm -hmm. to where I was like, it was tough for me. Yeah. You know, I'm again. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, yeah, man, I blast through it. You know, yeah. I was American-made, born <laughs> for this. Like, I was like, oh man, I hope God you got a great plan, cause you know this, man. What was know. the hardest thing in boot camp that you had to go through? 
just adjusting to the decision mm -hmm. of doing that because mm -hmm. it's one thing if I was going through boot camp because I always wanted to be a marine yeah. or it was just you know in there then you have it but when you're kind of there you, you don't know exactly but you know it's a better decision it's kind of hard mentally sure because you know it's all it's all a game you know play the game mm -hmm. you know they're there to break you down and stuff like that but if you're not there for I guess uh, clear reasons mm -hmm. why you're there mm -hmm. then yeah it could affect the mental a little of bit course, yeah, yeah. you had to so, have a why for sure exactly you have to have a why. especially in, in when it's that rough and that those times get real down you yeah. gotta have that yeah and it was just like it <laughs> I was like man yeah. you know it was a wake-up call but I knew I was growing up I, I grew up right there Did, was there any point where you're like I am not cut out for this and I need to go home I I didn't think that like like weakness wise I meant like oh I'm not cut out for it sure. I just was like damn like am I gonna really regret it to where I'm not gonna perform mm. you're or not gonna live up to the expectations that you have for that you. and then be a great you know a great asset to the gotcha. to the operation you yeah. know what I mean Cause, yeah, okay okay because I because yeah. you know the military is very you mean worthy enough to yeah to and and the military is diverse you know I'm gonna mm. be around grown men like sure. tomorrow. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. and you're one, 18 now, probably 17, still 17, yeah. still 17. And yeah. to me, I didn't, I, I, I didn't even have a bank account. I didn't even know how to open up a bank account. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, you know, sure. like I was barely. My friends were still buying me cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And yep. here I am in uniform, ready to go, ready to go to battle. Yeah, to grow up quick, man. So you know, I'm dealing with that, and then you know, I graduate boot camp, mm -hmm. and. uh I go through boot camp and I go now the next step is the school of infantry mm -hmm. and once I'm there there's this program that's like how should I put it um it's like purgatory and it's called guard it's a good word for it <laughs> it's 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 guard okay so they just set you up to watch the outposts and the reason behind that is because your class is not ready yet gotcha they're not ready to start the, the new class so this process could be anywhere from two weeks mm. till I didn't even hear about it being this long, but it was a six month process. Damn. Damn. And this felt like jail almost because you, you couldn't go. You, you haven't earned the right to like drive off base, do whatever you want. You're only off on Saturdays and Sundays mm -hmm. or not even that. You know, we're, we're working Monday through Sunday. Mm -hmm. But since you're technically not assigned to a unit yet, mm -hmm. You're still a student slash boot, and the you know that's what they call it. You know, the yeah. nickname for rookie. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. all that, and so you haven't really earned anything. You yeah. know, you haven't earned to like leave off base. Do, yeah, not do quite, want. not quite a marine. So still a still a student, something like that. So you know, I'm in there. We're filled with tons of personalities, different uh -huh. backgrounds, and then now <clears throat> it's like we've lived around each other too long. Yeah, I'm sure. So I get in another fight. Yeah, that's going happen. In another fight in there to <laughs> yeah. where it's pretty bad. Now they got me in, in process and in question to be like, okay, we might dishonorably wow. uh, discharge you. Damn. It must and be real bad then. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, and the, the reason behind that now that I look at it more mature mm -hmm. and stuff like that, I was 17 straight out of Chicago. Yeah with almost like PTSD from all of that to where if someone was 
overstepping their boundaries with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like a like a survival tactic. Sure. Yeah. Like you can't get one off of me because where I come from, that's like a sign of weakness. Yeah. yeah. And it was just a misunderstanding. One thing, one led to another. We got in a big fight. Mm-hmm. You know, kid ended up pretty bad or whatever. So, and I'm, com- you know, I'm feel horrible about it right now. But I mean, I was a young kid. You know, like oh what? yeah, bro. Look, I didn't know anything. I didn't know any better. You know, my and days at seventeen, bro. Continue. And then yeah, and then you know, watching all these movies no and all that, I thought that's what Marines did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we win, you know. I think Marines still think sometimes that's what they do. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, but you know I love my Marines. No, I'm just kidding. And, and you know, I thought that's what, you know, that's what went down, you know. I yep. thought we kind of shook it off and, you know, went there. But, yep. you know, we're, we're still in the early stages of it, you know, mm-hmm. students. So I can't remember his name, but it was a sergeant that was in charge of us. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he grew up in Houston. Okay. From the hood and everything like that, and automatically, thank God, you know, he was there. He was the one that actually stuck up for me to the command and said, "You know what? He, I understand this kid. Mm-hmm. I understand him. Yeah. He's young. Where he comes from, that's how they react. Just give him another shot. If he continues out, throw his ass the hell out. Yeah, yeah. But they're locked in here for like more than you know." Close to six months or however, yeah, yeah. however long, it was. It's long. It's just too many personalities clash, yeah. you know. So, you know, got got back in. You know, everything's cool, whatever. And then now I'm like, man, you know, I just gotta go. So I we finish school of infantry. Mm-hmm. Now I get dropped to the one of the infamous units in the Marines, Third Battalion, Fifth Marines. Gotcha. So these dudes are legends all the way prior, prior, you know, or early wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the valor gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming in freshly from senior Marines that just finished the p- push through Fallujah. Gotcha. AKA Phantom Fury. Yep. When they went door to door action on the news. I watched yeah. it as, you know, yeah. early. And here we are, we dropped to them. You know, so I knew like, all right, I know what time it is. These guys are going back. You know, they're the tip of the spear for a lot of operations. Like, this is not going to be any games. Yeah. Like, this is it. This is where everything stops. Mm-hmm. And it's time to, you know, knuckle up and, and and go out there. So I dropped to the unit, and man, training the workup starts, you know. And they're training us. We're in the desert, you know. They're mm-hmm. they're, they're building that mindset, you know. Yeah. What was the things that they had you doing? Oh, just regular mount training, you uh-huh. know, and twenty nine palms. What is a lot that exactly? Of, explain. So door to door, you know, room clearing and stuff like that. <clears throat> heavy on that because we were gonna go. We were gonna go back to uh the outskirts of fallujah mm-hmm. and since that like as fresh recently happened that's what we were you know most likely expecting maybe to do it again yeah. you know so so we were heavy on like door-to-door room clearing mm-hmm. uh old-fashioned you know uh grunt like early days you know rushing uphill machine guns you know oh, shit, yeah. like laying down fire yeah. having the riflemen rush it up little by little mm-hmm. so we covered a lot heavy on the training mm-hmm. And then we were set out to leave right after New Year's, uh, the New Year's holiday, mm-hmm. January, and mm-hmm. pump do the pump from January to uh, June, I think it was, or something like that. Yeah. So here I am, young kid, mm-hmm. you know, in the infantry, third battalion, fifth marines. You know, here we go, we deploy. You know, we're going out there, and you know, we get there, we fly into Kuwait. You know, and then now we're we go from like the fancy planes, and it starts 
getting more private, yeah. more shittier, you know what I mean? More, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. then when, you know, when we go condition one, it's like, all right, now we're not in the, the green zone or the safe zone anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not going to be a, a subway for a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's not going to be any of that yeah. stuff for a long time. Okay. So, you know, we get, in, we get in, the, in our AO area of operation. Mm-hmm. And we start in, in these places called uh, Amaria, Ferris Town, and these are nicknames for uh, the parts of Iraq that we were at. So these okay. were just outskirts of Fallujah, little suburban spots, if you were to put it. You know? yeah. And the combat starts right away. You know, it's not as heavy, but they're taking pop shots. You mm-hmm. know, they're, they're hitting us here, they're ambushing us here. Mm-hmm. And we were swapping out with different platoons of the company to where first platoon and second platoon, they're all, you know, put out in different places. Mm-hmm. But we were swapping out posts. A lot of us, we would go back to this place called Ferris Town. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget this area of operation, Ferris Town. This was the most eerie, something out of a Goosebumps book, man. Yeah. Like, it was, they had like an abandoned carnival with the Ferris wheel. In, that's weird. In a little Why, city. though? What, what was going on there? It just, I don't know. Just abandoned? Yeah, there was no like kids. That, movie. Yeah, yeah, nothing played, but it had an eerie, eerie feeling to it. That's strange, okay. And the, the neighborhoods or the game, you know, they were like buildings, were like stories like that, but yeah. then it was one, of, one at a time patrolling through the street. Mm. So just sitting ducks for any kind of, of a course. sniper's dream, you know? Yep, yep, yep. So that's the kind of patrolling plus the town, how it looked and all that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we go out there. And then unfortunately I lose one of my good friends. You know, he gets a KIA Cardelli in, in, in Ferristown, mm-hmm. you know, and I seen him right before that happened. Cause we, you know, he relieved me in the, out, the outpost. You know, I, we, we went out there, I relieved him. You know, he gave me a big hug mm-hmm. and went back to Ferristown. Went right on the roof and there was a, a kid's school right in front of the, the, the view that we had on the roof. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, with the sniper snuck in, you know, by the fountain somewhere in that area where the kids were, because that's how they operated. They liked to hit us when there was like people around and, you know, just real yeah. cowardly, you know, mm-hmm. hit us. So unfortunately, you know, a sniper ended up killing them mm. and, you know, right there and then. And then hearing the prayer, the mosque, you know, mm-hmm. right after that, the sun going down. Mm-hmm. To me, again, that was another culture shock because I'm a city boy, city kid from Chicago. I never even went to another country or Mm. experienced that. So to experience death again, Mm. another friend, and then now something that I've never even heard before, Mm. like a prayer, you know, on the speaker Mm. and all that I knew. And then the smell, the smell of burning trash Mm. and like death and violence, Mm -hmm. you know, that was surreal to me because i was like whoa i just that was my buddy you know like this is this is the real deal yeah yeah. you know and yeah tomorrow's you know not promised i don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and here we are this is the beginning of the deployment so i'm like the first time well i don't mean to cut you off but this is the first time that um that you witnessed this like uh, a friend uh a partner somebody that was in your platoon like is that the first so he Time. was in first. He was in first platoon. Yeah. Um, I didn't witness it, but my close friends, you yeah. know, witnessed it. They were there. You know, they had to actually carry him out. You mm-hmm. know, 
and just seeing him wounded the way he was, gotcha. it really kind of ate him up. You know, gotcha. to this day they still, you know, deal with that. And mm -hmm. but it hit us all, you know, pretty hard because we were all young. You know, we were yeah. young. And what was the oldest one in your group? Um, I think he was twenty. Like the oldest guys would be like twenty sixes, twenty seven. Still young. Yeah, still yeah. young. You know, but uh, here we are. You know, we're just. Yeah. Young kids. Getting it of, done, though. Yeah, getting it done. and That's crazy, man. That's so, cool. yeah, the, you know, the, st the action starts then. Now, mm -hmm. you know, it starts wrapping up a little bit, and then yeah. things get a little quiet. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there is this place outside of there called Habania, mm -hmm. where the Army was operating out mm -hmm. of. Uh, no offense to the Army or anything like that, but they were, they got, um, they ended up getting hit so bad that they were combat ineffective. They wow. completely pulled out. Wow. So now they pulled out this area of operations unmanned for like a couple months, you know. So these guys all go out there, mm. you know, and take over the town, place yeah. their, you know, get ready. And it's the wild, wild west. It's nothing but dudes walking around mm. just completely free. Yeah. And then we get the call saying, hey, you guys, we got to put the Marines in there. You guys got to go take that little town back. Mm-hmm. Because it's infested, they're all out there, the army just got, you know, completely slammed, yeah. you know, and now, you know, you guys got to go over there. So here we are, we're going over there, walking into a complete buzzsaw. Because mm -hmm. when the area of operations unmanned, now that means that they've been digging up roadside bombs, mm -hmm. nobody's been watching, I mean, who knows, you know. Yeah. And at that time, the roadside bombs were a big, you know, vehicle, vehicle suicide bombs were huge. They were hitting us hard with that. It was the invisible enemy, you know, like you just didn't know when it was going to happen. It just kind of yeah. happened. So here, here we are, we, you know, we're going over there. The whole company shuts down shop where we were at. And then here we go, all the trucks going out there. Mm -hmm. And once we get there day one, we start getting hit. We get ambushed from the left to the right. I mean, there's markets to the left and right, and we're on a patrol. And they hit the first truck, and they hit the last truck with an IED, I believe. Mm. And they basically what it came down to is they trapped all the trucks in the middle. Yep. And then until we had communication with all the trucks to push on, we were just getting leveled and hit from left, right. And my truck actually got hit. Oh, with shit. with the IED because I remember we were just you know driving rolling rolling mm -hmm. and my friend uh, Gonzo was on the uh, on the turret and we're rolling rolling like nothing and then boom this big dust cloud is just appearing and you know I'm going forward slow motion and I'm yeah. looking around and I see my guys just like like going the way motion took them like yeah, yeah, yeah. their bodies were not controlled it was just like you know and complete like everyone's just looking at each other like what was that and yeah. that was the one of the first concussions that i experienced because mm -hmm. when my bell was rung and i was sitting there i remember bullets were hitting the truck we were getting hammered but it took a little bit to like come off of that that you know stage a little yeah bit. yeah yeah you're concussed and I'm inside, Come like, yeah, yeah. like back to it. Oh, grab the gun, you yeah. know, like, and try to. Yeah. Inside, I was like, 
go into to, to, to reaction mode, you know, yeah, yeah. go all of that. Physically, you weren't able to get there, yeah. yeah. And finally, when we snapped two back in there, now I hear the screaming. Mm. Go, 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 the chaos. Mm. And they almost blew the, the top off mm. to where I could see these guys coming out of the market, you know, like, like spraying us. Yeah. And I remember what was going through my mind. I had a grenade right here, and I was like, "Man, if this door opens up, don't um, man, we going. Yeah. You ain't cutting my head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't on MSNBC. Like, please, guys, send help. Like, yeah, yeah. no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely yeah, yeah. not. I'm not gonna put my family through that. You know, my bad, homie. If you, you know, if this mm. hits you a little bit, you know, but." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not getting, you know, because it's either that or risk coming out of the truck and getting sprayed. You know, when, when it did hit the truck, I probably, probably don't remember, but how big was the blast? Did the, did the truck come off of the ground? Did like, do you feel like you were weightless? Like what happened there? I felt uh, I didn't I didn't know what happened to the truck mm -hmm. or if it came out. I felt yeah. weightless anti-gravity inside of it. Yeah, I'm just wondering when like the dust kicked up. I'm just wondering if it did leave because obviously it's a big blast. So. so it affected the truck so bad that mm -hmm. when we finally and then and then when we came like everything, everything came to like mm -hmm. I could hear stuff and like move yeah. around now. Gonzo just falls down, boom, uh, his uh, eyes in the back of his head. And I'm like, oh, my God. And we're there. And he's like, oh, and Gonzo's fucked up. Yeah, of course. And so, then we're yelling, we're screaming, we're screaming. And when we finally got communications with all the truck, like, we're good, good, hit the gas, hit the gas, hit the gas. The truck was like, go, 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 go. Like, it was shutting down. Oh, yeah. And it was like something out of, like, yeah. boys in the hood when they were like, mm -hmm. I was yeah. like, go, 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 go. Like, come on, please, God, let this truck make it. Yeah. And literally, it shut down right when we got to the place where we were going to put them on the bird. Oh. It completely broke down right there. Man. Crazy. Like something. But that shows you right there that God did have a plan. Oh, yeah. You know? And we... That's crazy, man. So right away, we put Gonzo on the bird. Mm -hmm. You know, we're there. I'm pissed because I'm like, all right, this is not. Nah. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing some coward stuff, man. They're just blowing us up, taking a little, you know, like, no. And we're on a hill. And we're looking down on the, on the hill. And I, the smoke hasn't even cleared. The market's right there. Mm -hmm. I'm looking right at them. And I don't see nobody run out. I'm like, man, those fools are still in there. Mm -hmm. So Chicago, right away, Chicago you, came. Oh up. man, Chicago <laughs> activated. Chicago I was like, "Yo, up. we gotta, we gotta spin that block again." Yeah. But this time, get this. Let's go. Let's go. Hit the trucks. Let's go. Yeah. But of course, you know, it's not how it works. You know, mm, you can't yeah. just go over there like, "Hey, y'all, the ones." You know, not, yeah. not. You know, but were we gonna go back? Yeah. But we needed to, you know, take care of Gonzo, have him on the bird. Yeah reassess debrief what went on where did we get hit attacked and then now we beefed up now we got a few trucks ton of trucks and i was on a seven ton truck with a mark 19. Mm -hmm. i don't know if you know what a mark 19 is mm -hmm. automatic grenade launcher 40 mic mic mm -hmm. little machine gun yeah gotcha so and this is on top of the truck right? yeah yeah so i just had something i felt like 
God, I don't, I don't want to put it on God, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. But I just felt something inside of me saying, like, get ready because you're going to see something. Mm -hmm. Like, I just knew it was, it was just too, like, it wasn't that long ago we got in a fight. We're, they're going to hit us again. Yeah. You know, they haven't stopped. So mm -hmm. we're rolling back, we're rolling back, and, and there you go, man, right there. The, the one thing that I could, you know, that stood out like a magnifying glass, you got a guy coming out with an AK-47, mm. you know, but all goofy, handling it like that. Mm. And right away, I was like, yo, 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 right there, right there. And boom, we spotted it. Mm. Stopped the truck, and before he could even come up, boom, 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 yeah. unloaded. Ran it back. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, I was like, whoa, you know, here, here it is, you know. Yeah. Everybody's in combat now. Like, this is it. We fired back. We could see the enemy. Mm -hmm. It's go time, you know, and from there we go back and we're operating out of straight up houses. Mm -hmm. Like we're not on these like far away base where we just keep coming back. No, we're in their neighborhood staying in one of their buildings mm -hmm. <laughs> and going out patrolling and doing all that. So we're far away from like a big base or anything like that. Yeah, we're you're by yourself out there. Yeah, yeah we're, no. we're operating out of there. Gotcha. And then so, you know. We're there, we're operated out of the houses, and we were in this operation post called OP Bears. Mm -hmm. And the old company commander, uh, Captain Coleman, was a, a, he was from Chicago. He was oh, a yeah. Bears fan, so he named all the OPs like OP Bears, OP Cubs, you know. And it was cool. It would bring yeah, morale, it'd bring it a little sense. sense of home, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we're at OP Bears, and now Zarkawi gets killed one of the main uh, leaders in there. And I don't know all the names of the crews. You know, you got the Taliban, which is heavy in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. You got ISIS, you got... Yep. What I, in my era, what I was hearing a lot is the Mujahideen. Mm. So that was, that was, I guess, their crew or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. so... And this was in Iraq? This is where, yeah. primarily? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Zarqawi gets uh, killed. Now we start hearing about other units getting hit up like they now they're coming hard mm -hmm. you know big leader gets killed and they're coming at us hard so mm -hmm. um we're fighting out mm -hmm. of the op out of the house and we i know when it came down to like a, an assessment of the area operation we needed a machine gun but yeah. because of the you know the the rules and regulations of you know you just can't put a machine gun anywhere you know the fields of fire have to be covered everything has to be backed up to the t you know yeah. it's a big gun yeah so you know we know but we're getting hit every single day and these dudes are like right there and a lot of the times when it came to water fuel mm -hmm. food and all that all came in the middle of the night mm -hmm. you know never during the day because they're always blowing the trucks up yeah so here comes uh, the machine gun that's prepped to go for us to use at the house. Mm -hmm. But because I guess it didn't cover whatever regulations that they had on the roof, we needed to put it on the truck, leave it on the truck, but park it on the side of the house. <laughs> and then whoever is the lucky winner yeah. goes and operates on the truck. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, they would uh, they would attack first thing in the morning all the time, uh, a lot, right off the prayer. You know, mm -hmm. they just kick it off, you know. So yeah, 5 a.m., some running. So while this truck comes in, mm -hmm. it's in the middle of the night. 
uh, and they attack us first thing in the morning, right there in the morning. They were watching us the whole time. They knew like, all right, they're bringing in heat. Mm -hmm. We gotta, we gotta take that truck out. Mm -hmm. You know, Makes and sense. and then you know get to handle these in the house because of course the squad, you know, they're not, they're they're gonna be two positions that are fighting. Yeah. So right away, first thing in the morning. It kicks off, bullets are flying, our house, you know, and our house got hit with rockets inside of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd be there chilling, heating something up, boom, rockets just shoot right through the window. Jeez. I mean, we were, it was, we were, we were doing it, yeah. you know, it yeah, was, right it was live, you know, it was live. How many, how many nights of sleep would you say you got, like, within the entire time that you were there? Like overall, you you, can, you don't have to put a number on it, but it's hard to say because we like didn't sleep. It That's was something like three hours, and then you're like twelve hours on post, mm -hmm. just for everyone to get somewhat decent amount. Did you? I mean, obviously you can't get fully acclimated, but did you get accustomed to like not sleeping as much and just being able to operate on low sleep? Yeah, I mean your animal uh instincts yeah, your fight or flights kick yeah, in. yeah. it's That's another right. it's it's a whole nother frequency mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know you're Makes sense. and then when you when you start getting some like getting in firefights like the the real oh, like adrenaline's going yeah yeah absolutely. because now morale is up and there's a reason to be in the suck yeah there's a reason now to like deprive the sleep yeah. and all that because now they're shooting yeah. you know there's a visual objective that you have. yeah and yeah. complacency kills when there's nothing going on and all that all mm -hmm. that could be like a misery sentence For where sure. you're just out there sitting there i could imagine the more you stay still the more you think about being back home yeah right and you can't you can't think of that because mm -hmm. when things pop off it just pops off with you less yeah le least expected you know yeah, no, so for sure yeah, we're there. We're in the house, and then they start shooting first thing in the first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. So there, they're shooting, ba 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 ba. And I guess before all that happened, one of my leaders was having a big talk with the the officer that was in charge of us, and no one was in the wrong. It was just a tough situation. You yeah. know, of course, my leader was trying to get me out because the officer was like, "Yo, we're gonna put Kano in the truck." Mm -hmm. and anything pops off he's gonna man it and then you know we'll go and my leader was like absolutely not you know like how are we gonna have him fight on the side of the house in the truck and then all of us in here like it just doesn't feel right you know it doesn't seem right but no I don't blame anybody nobody was in the wrong because I mean if we can't have it on the roof then what do, what do we do mm -hmm. you know someone's gonna have to go in there yeah. at the end of the day you know whether tough tough break you know it, it just it is what it is <coughs> yeah so <clears throat> Bullets are flying. I rush into the truck, dive into the truck, throw my gear in there, <coughs> go up, and nothing. Oh, wow. And they Jeez. start getting pounded, pounded. Oh, man. Like, what, what, what do you think happened? Like, what was the problem? So the backstory on that mm. is that, and again, I'm not blaming anybody. I call this destiny. Yeah. It was supposed to go down like that. Yeah. So whoever prepped the machine gun... I don't know if you ever seen like the the links, like when it comes to yeah, yep. like the ammo and all yep, that. Yep. We got like a link that looks like that. We call it female end, and then the one that clips onto the other links that's uh, male end. Mm -hmm. And when you do that in the Mark 19, and the male end goes in first, it hits the round, but the gun gets jammed. Yeah. So now you got a live round, and the only way to fix it is you have to break down the entire machine gun and then catch the rive round bury it that doesn't blow up on its own because the the pin already hit oh wow it's like a live it's almost a grenade yeah but i mean that's a mistake <clears throat> that i mean 
you shouldn't, that yeah. shouldn't happen. You know what yeah, I mean? No, like, absolutely not. So whoever prepped the gun prepped it that way. Uh -huh. So right when I went for it, jam. Damn. But I didn't, I had no idea what was, what was even, what was wrong. Because another thing too is that whenever you put lube on, on the gun and yeah. a little sand gets, you know, yeah, it's gonna, uh, it's gonna you're going to have to put some yeah. man into it. You know, a little bit, it might slide little by little. So you, but then you were trying though, right? You kept going with it? Oh man, I got, uh, <coughs> this is the turret right here. I put my feet on the dashboard and I was like. Yanking that shit. Yeah, yeah yanking it. What, it. Was it at any point where you're like, oh shit, it's probably just got some dust in it? Or you're yeah, like, I was, yeah, I wasn't thinking it was jammed. Yeah. I was like, damn, I being a little oh, bitch, you know, me. like, oh, I'm I mean, weak right now. <laughs> yeah, all my, all my might. But then they started pounding the truck. Yeah. I mean, bullets were hit. I mean, pound, I couldn't even see out of the windshield. It looked like a hurricane of like bullets. Damn. It was hard impacting. And I'm there and I'm like, I mean, it's bad. And I'm looking and I mean, bullets are hitting the turret, dude. So it's not like I could like pop up and try at least to do something, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, man, man, I got to do, I go again. But this time I hear it. And man, here it comes. Boom, rocket hits the truck. I mean, I went from here to like this way. Again, that whole body dangling like a worn out action figure. Just wow. blah, just hit the ground like that. And I'm, bell is rung. And I'm again in that stage, you know, where, oh, you know, like that hurt, you know? <laughs> And I'm there and I'm looking, I'm looking at the turret, you know, and I'm like just looking at the gun as like a shiny, like 007, like must secure, must secure, like, <laughs> you know, like gotta get it in yeah. my weaponry, you know, yeah. and I'm looking at it and I'm trying, trying. And finally, when I snap out of that, like feeling, I was like, ah, like screaming, like, hey, like you gotta get me the fuck out of here yeah. now. Yeah. But my squad was trying, like, as soon as they didn't hear the gun open up right away, they hit communication. They were like, yo, we have to go check on them. The gun is not firing. We're, we're getting pounded here. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. But they, you know, they were shooting up the door. They were, they were not letting them to come man. out. So I'm there. I'm screaming. I'm like, ah, you know. So right away, I'm like, man, please, God, please let this gun go. It's like, ah, and I get up again and try to go it. And here we go again. Zoom, another oh, one. This time, boom. I mean, I see like stars. I mean, like, boom, I'm on the ground. What the fuck? And I'm there like in a vegetable state to where uh, that's it. I'm not it. Like, I don't Olympic feel, there, I don't feel my body. Like, yeah. all, I, all I am is, is, is eyeballs. Yeah. Like moving in, you know, and then the truck starts smoking up. Uh, the truck starts smoking up, and you know, I'm I watch too many movies. You know, what do you think? Just kind of boom, yeah, you know, like so. Sure. I just feel like I can't explain it. Like there's times where there's like near like like yeah, when you almost die, you almost get. Yeah. But there was like a a convincing factor to where I was like, oh. I think I'm gonna die here. Like this yeah. is this is it. You know, I can't move, I can't mm -hmm. yell, I can't, you know. And I just started praying to God. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God, if you're gonna take me right now, please don't burn this thing. Just blow it up, you know, please don't let me go out like that. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, that that mother's connection, you know, baby her baby goes out screaming or something like that. My mom's gonna feel it somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah. she's gonna feel it in her chest, like, damn, you know, and could you imagine the news? All I kept thinking about is the news of how I died. Yeah. Like your son burned to death. Yeah. You know, the, and I felt like the pain that she would, she was gonna go through if that was gonna go down. Sure. So I said, please God, man, like if you're gonna do this, just blow this thing up, you know? Mm -hmm. And as I was looking through the hole in the turret, it just like, I, I can't, it was like a, something I've never, like, like jello, dude. So like, just imagine reality here and it just starts like looking like jello. And then boom, I'm in a tunnel. And I'm traveling through and I'm seeing like images of my life, but very random times in my life. It wasn't like top 10 moments, you know, like it was just very random. Like I saw my grandmother blowing out coffee from my grandfather because it was too hot, you know, and they, they raised me along with my parents, you know, they were huge into my life. Mm -hmm. And then me and my sister fighting over the remote, you know, as kids. And I was like, whoa, you know. But then as I was traveling through, I felt like, I don't know how to explain it, like us being here, like living, like mm -hmm. your muscles are sore, your, your blood's flowing, there's thoughts in the back of your mind, you yeah. know, like you're, 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 you're in this human canvas, you know, mm -hmm. in this life. Mm -hmm. All of that was shaving off to where now I'm traveling through, I'm traveling through, I'm traveling through, and then now I'm just a beam of light. And now everything is infinite. There's no, Time. I can't, I can't, I, I can't explain it, but there's no thoughts. There's no, of this world, there's no, you, you just, you're just, you just are. Mm -hmm. And it's infinite, clean, like you're, you're, you're washed with everything. Mm -hmm. And you're here about to meet, meet God, you know, come into the gates. You know, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure, I'm not here saying like, yeah, God, you accepted me, you know what I mean? But that's how, yeah. you know, I didn't see anything, I didn't hear anything or anything, but as I was traveling through, I was like, oh, wow. And then what, when I was, when I just was, I felt like the most amount of love that you will ever feel in your life. I mean, it's, it just never turns off. It is, it, is. it just is. And God, and that's how God is. He just is. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's amazing, man. It, it's funny because I've had conversations with individuals that have near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. Very similar. Very similar. Like, and it's, everybody has their own way of thinking. And, and these were thoughts probably deeply embedded into your subconscious. Yeah. Right? And who knows what happened there? You're in the fourth dimension. Like, as you're going through mm -hmm. time, as time is non-existent at that point or it's always going like you said it's it is what it is yeah and you almost have this understanding of why you were there on on the earth that you were given yeah you know yeah. And given the things that you've been given and so with that it allows you to put yourself in a in a good state of mind and, and give yourself some perspective yeah at that moment though right now after all of that when when everything comes back what what did you do you know what what happened so after that i'm there like you know going through like all infinite light and then all of a sudden it just went and then bah, 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 doom, 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 doom. And i'm getting drug out of the truck wow and then and i'm like boom right here and they're like go 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 because they the bullets were flying so hard that they can't i'm a, you know not a small dude you know with gear and all that they can't 
all stand up and carry me. They literally had to like kind of push me, tumble, tumble, mm -hmm. and just keep pushing me to the door. Yeah. But when I came to and I was doing all that, like I felt like I was like knuckle dragging mm -hmm. and feeling wasn't back yet. Mm -hmm. But then I felt it from like my feet to my legs, to my up, to right here, until when it finally like clicked in there, I, w I felt like this rush of adrenaline to where I felt like I swallowed a, a lightning bolt. Like, mm. ah, I was like back, you know, in this world. And the first instinct was to run up the steps as fast as I could. And there was, I don't remember who it was that was on the machine gun that I was manning, mm -hmm. the 240 Bravo. I was like, get the fuck off. And I just threw him off and I like stood up from the hip and I was like, fucking like full Rambo, oh, dog. <laughs> I was like, ah. That's and I so felt crazy. like I could like eat bullets. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, shit. Yeah. And that's crazy. After that, like, you know, I came to and stuff and I was in, I was like confused a little bit because yeah. I was afraid to kind of start speaking about it, hmm. you know, especially in country. Mm. I'm not gonna be like, hey guys, I went to heaven, you know, like, yeah. it, 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 whoa, 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 time out, you know, like, yeah. got your bell rung a little bit, you know, like, yeah. and then it starts and stuff, so, and that's the thing in the military, and, and yeah. in all honesty, like, hey, watch all that, you know, don't end up, you mm -hmm. know, getting, so, and for a while, I was like, did I, did I experience that, or mm -hmm. did I, like, was it my fear mm -hmm. that, like, unlocked that and froze, you know what I mean, like, and, and, and kind of imagined it or I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. I was just so thrown back that how could I, how could I go from that to back in country? Mm -hmm. hmm. And then a part of me, it was a gift and a curse yeah. um, at the same time, because after that, once you experience that kind of eternal love, it's hard to kind of go through the things here mm -hmm. in this world, because then you're like, man, I'm not suffering anymore. Like, why, why do I got to suffer? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's how life is. You know, life is beautiful. It's not all about suffering and stuff like that or, you know, uh, but it's just, it has its poetic flow, you know, sure. there's goods and there's bads, you know, mm -hmm. but when you experience that and you go through that, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, God, you know, why, do, why, why can't I just stay with you then? You know, like, yeah. why do I got to be here, an alcoholic, PTSD, addictions, falling down, you know, mm -hmm. and feeling like a pending doom every single day, you know, hard. I got to work really hard to be happy, positive, mm -hmm. you know, I got to train like an, like a, like an animal, you know, I'm tired, you know, like I don't want to do all this. Yeah. And you look at people that have never been through that kind of experience, trauma, they're just happy all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, of course they got their days and all that, but they don't work half as hard. So all of that starts coming into play. So for me, I, I feel like I kind of buried that experience in mm -hmm. a part of my brain to where when the real life of, you know, life, the bumps and bruises came when I got out of the military and all that, got out with traumatic brain injury, mm -hmm. PTSD, out at 21, you know, with the highest level of education, a sophomore, mm -hmm. kind of, you know, and a GED, kind of. Yeah. Because, I mean, you just study the test all the way to graduation. Yeah. So it's not really like, hmm. there's no really education there, you know? Yeah. So here I am, like, going through all that. And mm. 
I kind of buried it in, in my brain and all that. And I, I just was like, this is too much what's in front of me. Mm -hmm. All of this, you know, addiction, alcohol, you know, lism and, and, and living with that, you know, living with all that. Well, let's back up a little bit because yeah. you say so now you're you get out of the military after this situation, right? No, no, I, I still in for a while. Yeah, still in for uh, like two, two years, a year and a half after mm -hmm. that process mm -hmm. out. You know? Any other concussions after that? Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this is, and we, <laughs> this is the, the main event right here. Gotcha. So that happens. And then the very next day, I'm on post first thing in the morning. And remember, Zarqawi, he still, he still got hit, you know, so they're out for blood. You know, they're, they're amping it up. Mm -hmm. And I'm on the roof, and all I see is all these people walking up to the house with white flags real odd mm. all bunch of dudes just waving white flags and i'm like and they're coming around dude they're like coming up and right away i was like something ugly I, this feels bad yeah. and then a car drives from a distance <clears throat> beep, 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 waving the white flag you know something out of like blood in blood out that ambush that happened so sure. the yeah. car there you know all that and right away right before i could even Hey guys, this looks it. And uh, I guess from what happened and what the report said, and overall in this experience in this outpost, mm -hmm. we had over like 60 guys rush us, mm. trying to you know take us out within that time period, you know. Mm -hmm. And finally, when they planned this huge attack, they flanked the house, they flanked us from the other side, heavy ambush, got all of our attention on there. And then from the rear, the guy was in the car full of explosives and almost drove it into the house. But luckily, we had outside barriers, you know, to absorb the blast, protect us. Yeah. But it was still big enough that I was just there and it just blew. Boom. And yeah. again, the same thing, the dust cloud, the slow motion wiggle, all of that. And then this time I'm hitting the concrete floor because this is the roof. Oh, Kevlar shit. is off. That thing is gone. Damn. And I just remember, pop, pop, and just there again. And this time I, I go out, boom. And then when I wake up, I don't even know how this happened, but when he blew himself up, when he exploded, all his body parts rained on the roof. Mm. So when I woke up, I had his, like, intestines, all of his, like, uh, arm was over there. His insides were still sizzling and all that, and I was, I was like, oh, fucked up. And my, my guys are trying to low crawl, because at the same time, the caminating that we had set up fell. So here, bullets are flying. They're, like, trying to crawl through the caminating to, like, aid me to see what's going on. And I got this dude's insides all on me. I'm looking at him, and I'm, like, picking him up. And I, I'm so messed up that I thought it was mine, so I, like, uh, opened up my jacket, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm, like, collecting it. And I'm like shoveling inside my jacket, like, oh, you know? Yeah. And I just kept thinking, I was like, man, like, you know, freaking pop me. I ain't going home. Like, nah, nah, I can, nah, nah, man. Yeah, yeah. Nothing against guys that, you know, like, uh-uh, not like that, you know? Yeah. Like, that's too much, you know? So mm -hmm. they're slapping it away. Hey, it's not yours, it's not yours, it's not yours. And, you know, they're dragging me, they're dragging me. I'm coming in and out of conscious this time, like, like coming in, coming out, coming in, coming out. And I just remember like bits and pieces. 
and to get on the roof there was like a, a stairway that was just one person could go at a time because of our gear and all that mm -hmm. so they couldn't carry me down there because now the only few guys that are on the roof are getting pounded mm -hmm. so they're like man bro and the corpsman's down there waiting for me down the steps you know with some other marines and they're like, man, bro, we love you. Sorry for this. And throw me down the stairs. And I'm boom, 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 going down the steps. Bam. Flat out. Then the corpsman starts, boom, Doc Yen starts assessing me. And when I see some of the Marines staring at me, like looking with this emotional face, I'm like, damn, I got fucked up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, this one's it. This is it. Like, yeah. I, I, I ran what out of life. What was the look on her face? Like, damn. Like, it's over. Like, like I'm going to crack and cry right now. Really? You were close with all those guys, obviously. Yeah, you yeah. know. And some of them were my senior Marines. So could you imagine the, the weight they were feeling right there at that moment? Yeah, they feel responsible somewhat. Yeah. yeah. You know, so gotcha. they're, they're feeling that weight immediately. Especially, like, after the other incidences that happened too as well on top of that you know and i'm there like damn they done got me they, yeah. they, they done got me this time yeah. like i ain't getting away this That's time crazy, you know man. what are you 22 now no, no you're still i'm young, 18. Man. so i'm That's there wild, you know doc yams you know getting me like that and now they're calling the bird trying to get the bird you know to cut they're like no we ain't touching down over there it's yeah. hot yeah so we, you know, they call in air, tanks. I mean, they're leveling the position of these guys just to get a little breathing room because they were, they were shooting the door up. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I remember before coming out of that house, you know, Doc was like, got me, he gave me his pistol, just shoot to the left when you come out the door because they're hitting. So I'm on the stretcher with the pistol getting carried out. We go through the door, go, go, boom, 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 get thrown in the truck, hot pistol, just throw it, bam, out. Wow. Now I wake up and I'm like coming in the helicopter. It's just foggy. And then bam, flatline. Wow. And then I wake up and I'm in the emergency room and lights are everywhere. They're cutting me up. I mean, nurses are, it's a big panic, man. Like, wow, man. And, but I still, I was like, damn, what the fuck happened to me, man? Like, you know, like I'm, but inside, like I was just, Ter like the last, uh, you know, I was convinced, like, is this my last moment? I mean, and boom, go out again. Mm -hmm. And then now I wake up at like two, three o'clock in the morning in a bubble next to some dude with no legs and not knowing what the hell happened in the hospital robe. Mm -hmm. And he's filling me in. He was like, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know what happened, bro, like exactly. But like when you came in here, you were pretty banged up. I'm sure the nurse is going to. She's gonna fill you in, you know, so just take it easy, dude. And, mm. and here, you know, the next morning I wake up, go, they tell me, they're like, yeah, this, this, and this, and this happened. And, you know, we'll take you back to your, you know, to your guys and your company, you know, mm. and, and, you know, in a couple of days, I think I stood there for two days. Mm -hmm. They're like, we'll take you back out. And here. <laughs> back out, huh? Yeah, yeah. back out, you All know, right. go out there. They gave me bed rest for like three weeks or whatever, uh -huh. three, four weeks, and then. But at those times, it was different. This is 2006, you know, yeah, when yeah. the bodies, they, all the bodies, they needed all the bodies there. There yeah. wasn't such thing as, you know, yeah. like, all right, guy, you know, like, and, you know, I come out, and I guess this was like the most, and this is where I was, I got that feeling again, like that I had in the military school, where I was like, all right, God, 
I, I know you're doing something. This is, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but I know you're doing something because, so we had this thing in the Humvees to where you, you can never ever, and don't even ever get caught in one of them mm. without your gear on. It's not a normal car. You never sit in there, you know, normal and drive around and stuff. Yeah. Maybe the special forces guys, you yeah. know, do that or, you know, I don't know. But to us, it was like forbidden and, you know, of course not. But when they cut up all my gear and boots and did all that, everyone was like, I don't know where it went, you know? And, and they were like, well, what are we gonna give them? We gotta give them protection, you know, a yeah. uniform again. Yeah. I don't know what the politics were and all that. And they were like, well, there's no uniform for him and all that. So I get back. So because there was no flak for me, no Kevlar, nothing, just gym shoes, a green USMC hoodie and a green USMC sweat, uh, sweatpants and a pistol. <laughs> That's all they had for me. He was doing so it. They ordered like, like a, you back in Chicago. <laughs> so they ordered like a 40, 50, I mean, something ridiculous for like the president, the general convoy, just to make sure that like yeah. nothing goes down. Yeah, yeah. Super max protection. Yeah. And when I was sitting back in that Humvee with no protection, nothing, just a hoodie, sweats, gym shoes, and a pistol, you know, back... Back I don't mean from to the, laugh. That's crazy, though. Just bro, looking at that. Yeah, back, <laughs> that back. in my mind, you know. Back from the dead, you know, yeah. like 18 years old. Like, there's where I was like, okay, God. All right. I, I don't, man, this is crazy. But yeah. this is kind of like a unique moment. Never would that ever happen. You know, probably again, you know, mm -hmm. take somebody out like that. Mm -hmm. But I just looked at it as like, you know, God's got me. You know, yeah. uh, no matter how crazy it is, look at you. You know, you're good. You're coming back. Thank God, all limbs, you know, a little banged up, mm -hmm. you know, brain injury, all that. But yeah, I just, I just felt like it was like a storyline kind of playing out. Yeah, I didn't understand what it was gonna become, what it, what it was gonna be, but I just needed to trust, you know. And that's wild, man. So now, now that you're back in, and then you, you finish, you finish your. Mm -hmm. Is deployment right, and then you yeah. go back. But you're still in the military. Still right? in the military, yeah. When did you? When did they give you? When, when did you get out? Two thousand and two thousand and nine. Okay, so a little bit after. Yeah. Okay. And I got got honorable discharge. Got out, you know, yeah. smooth. Purple heart. Purple heart. <clears throat> when you found out you were getting purple heart, how did that feel? I wasn't even expecting it because, to honestly, I. I feel like a purple heart should be like you got popped or mm -hmm. like like something, you know what I mean? Like a, a, limb, a limb missing yeah. or something, you know, like that I mean that's admirable but of you, but I was at just, the end of the day you, you got blown up three times pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um so I didn't I didn't really, you know, and, and, and my guys we were never into like the medals and stuff so, like yeah, that. Yeah. We were just kind of like just dudes you know yeah, that love job. Yeah, yeah and just party animals love booze love yeah. you know violence gun yeah. shooting and it is what sure. it is a lot of us were just gonna do four years anyway so yeah you know but um <clears throat> yeah i mean got the purple heart and uh it was that that's when you know i was like okay you know uh I had a little peace with the whole situation, mm -hmm. but I was feeling a little different at that time because I knew I was like, damn, man, I'm going to be fucked up a little bit. I just felt it coming. Yeah. You know, I was like getting out at 21 years old. That happened. I'm borderline an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this is probably going to be tough. I'm going to go back to Chicago and 
Yeah. I'm not going to have my guys with me. Like, you just kind of like, it was that unsure feeling, but that at the same time excited. Like, I'm going to get out, you know, I have freedom and, you know, do what I want again and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, just kind of took it like that. Mm, started you know. Now, with the alcohol and drugs and things like that, like, as far as that goes, when did you start to really use as, as much as you felt like it was a problem? In the, in the military yeah it started oh, there. oh really yeah because okay. like towards the end when you're getting out yeah. you're not like in doing like you're not shooting you're not training you're not that busy gotcha you know they they have this thing where they either have you work at the gym to kind of help you transition to like a normal job mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. clean the towels clean yeah. the gym were you training people at that time or no no okay. i was training in in the in the gym, in the gym. active yeah, yeah. you know and i always had a passion you know for that gotcha it was just kind of all right, I need to figure me out, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like before I even, you know, get out there. Cause mm -hmm. I knew, I knew, you know, with having traumatic brain injury, I was literally, literally illiterate when I got out. Mm -hmm. My speech was impacted. I mean, I couldn't even spell. Really? Wow. Yeah. It yeah, wasn't yeah. to like my friends and back and, and when I got out, <laughs> the Nokios were still out. Yeah. So it wasn't to like a friend was like, damn bro, I love you dog, but you can't spell for shit. Man. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. damn, you know, like, right. and oh, there was no spell check, you yeah, know? You got that now, don't worry about that. Yeah, you know what I mean? So <laughs> there's where I knew, I was like, oh man, I think I'm a, I'm not ahead of the curve here. I think I'm a little behind. Like, sure, sure when it comes to like the military stuff, security, anything like that, I'm mm -hmm. gonna fall in those dimensions. Well, you're right specialist now at that yeah. point, right? So now <clears throat> you, you have traumatic brain injury, obviously, mm -hmm. blown up three times, you have something, you know? And then from there, a slight case. Were you diagnosed with PTSD? Yeah. Okay. And are you getting treated by the VA, or is that how's that how's that working? Uh, the VA, honestly, I stood away from it, and mm -hmm. a lot of veterans could, you know, yeah. agree with me. Yeah. And I know that's know, why I asked. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, right off the at the door, they're gonna shove pills. That's exactly. the first thing that they pull exactly out. They did that to my father. Yeah. Yep. You know, they, they 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 shove pills down your throat. It's there, but. You know the the the, the therapists, all the people that work there, mm -hmm. man, they're just trying to do their thing. Yeah. You know, it's a system. You yeah. know, it's a good accredited, it's a federal job. Mm -hmm. It's not their fault. You know, yeah. it, they're just doing their thing, and they they like helping people. Sure. I've met some beautiful people that work for the VA. Mm -hmm. Ladies, older ladies that never every single day work happy mm -hmm. and go above and beyond and never oh, yeah. get tired there's, there's always good people everywhere you yeah find it so i knew right there and then i was like my therapy my healing all that is going to be up to me mm -hmm. i can't be there and be like oh you guys are not helping me and all that like it had to, it was going to come from another source so what was that source the study of astronomy quantum mechanics and just touching back to the childhood um happiness that i felt before all that so my own little world yeah you know with the astronomy with the quantum mechanics all of that did that have something closely connected to your situation and what you went through inside the truck yes because mm -hmm. um einstein when he came up with the theory of relativity, relativity yeah. he he envisioned himself as a light hmm. traveling you know, as a beam of light instant, and then it clicked for him. Mm -hmm. For me, I experienced that to where when I studied quantum mechanics and astronomy, I felt like nothing could touch me, nothing could harm me. My past. Sorry, man. 
You're good. You're in a safe space. Take your time. Take a breath. You good? Yeah. I just felt. Damn. Good, <laughs> Damn. I almost made it. <laughs> yeah, bro. You're good. Um. No, I just felt like the the study of it was like the you know the material was so complex that I didn't have time to think about depression, trauma, mm -hmm. uh, any of that stuff. You know and then. As a little kid, I used to always kind of like um, imagine how, you know, gravity worked, the planets mm -hmm. and stuff. So I, I had no choice. I was like, man, I got to start from the root of where I got my creativity, where I got my dream big, where I got, you know, and it was a it was a mixture of, of course, 80s, 90s wrestling <laughs> with astronomy. That was my world, you know, yeah. it was just my world. So. I started there, but ever since that near-death experience, mm -hmm. I had this infatuation with it, but this weird understanding of knowing it mm -hmm. to where I shouldn't even be capable of comprehending it. Because if you look at my the father's education, man, that wasn't an education. Yeah. And here I am understanding this stuff because it just was familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Einstein had the same, you know, experience to where he would always daydream and visualize it. And when I would do that, I felt like I was escaping the human canvas. I was escaping depression and all that because you know what? It's limitless. Mm -hmm. The vast universe, you know, all of our understanding of it could be maybe a germ of truth, right? Or maybe completely at all. But it's just infinite, the possibilities. Mm -hmm. So for me, I felt, since I gravitated and understood it, I had a special way of explaining it. Mm -hmm. And I started using it with fitness. Mm -hmm. Because if I, if I said, if I could understand this stuff and then re-explain it in fitness, I understand it. That's education. Mm -hmm. But now I could make it simple in a way where everyone, I could give this gift of healing to everyone I interact with. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And when I started studying that and, you know, having that, I, I, I remember like just talking about it, being an, an enthusiast of space. When people's lives around me started changing and they were like, man, dude, I, I like you, you saved my life, man. Like I was yep. depressed and all that. But because of how passionate you are, the way you talk about space and then you merge it with fitness and you explain it. Because I had a professor in college for the little bit of time that I went to college, uh, Professor Lastly, I'll never forget him, mm -hmm. environmental bio uh, biology, or no, environmental science teacher. Mm -hmm. And he had a way to where it was always, he made us critical think for everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the analogy, the example, the definition, just a good way where you're gathering information and you're quantizing everything that's in front of you. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if we could talk about multi-dimensional ways of how a podcast, how this helps the public, mm -hmm. we could quantize it in a way where this helps with motivation, staying positive, mm -hmm. uh, learning about fitness. It's vertical integration. Exactly. M multiple facets of, of help that can be done. And since fitness came to me so naturally and stuff yeah. like that, mm -hmm. I said, all right, well, I know I'm going to be training people or, you know, in that realm to where I could do that. 
Yeah. But let me keep studying, keep you know healing myself, mm-hmm. and then one day, I don't know, maybe I could put it together. Yeah. But at this time, this was in 2010, 2011, where the world wasn't talking quantum talk yet. Yeah. You know, it real. wasn't really out there. Yeah, it's before its time. And I I only had library access to to information. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the 2011, same, like I don't even think YouTube was popping off. That, no, that 2010. Heavy. You know, mm-hmm. so I was going to my community college library and I was mm-hmm. pulling out different books, and then whatever I didn't understand, I try to like look up a video. And then from there, when I was gaining confidence of like, I feel smart, yeah. I feel confident, I'm talking better, I'm doing all this. Yeah. Those are chemical reactions in the body that combat this reverse engineering that we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Because trauma, depression, anxiety, uh, high alertness, all of that trauma is such a strong chemical reaction in the body that it overwrites anything that you try to do uh, pill wise mm-hmm. or anything else and I when I thought about all that I thought about the quantum world how everything is charges yeah you know you got the fit you got the traditional um, traditional physics mm-hmm. the physical world where apple falls from the tree all of that mm-hmm. and then you got the, the the quantum physics world where mm-hmm. we look at reality in a subtomical level mm-hmm. and I thought of the human body the human mind in that same way because and at the end of the day there's where it starts mm-hmm. that's the real show that happens first before we even experience this mm-hmm. so I said how could we create that in a natural way where I don't shove pills down my throat depend on alcohol or anything like that because all it is all we're looking for every single day all we're all we're all chasing mm-hmm. is chemical reactions in the body but the positive ones what was your practices that you developed or had to come up with so I didn't understand even to regurgitate it. Mm-hmm. So I had to get over the hump of like, all right, how do I regurgitate what I'm trying to talk about? Mm-hmm. And people were like, damn, man, like you cool and all, but I think you got your bell rung good, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is back in where, where they were like, what? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Well, it depends on the person that you're talking to. Yeah, you know, but a lot of, you know, where at least my environment where I was trying to get out, you know, yeah, yeah. they were like, wrong man. crowd. <laughs> yeah, they were like, man, you know, we love you, dog, but. Yeah. You know, you got, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got a little walk homie, to homie you. Got, got a rock. You got a little walk to you, you know what I mean? Like you, but so I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. What I need to do is I need to get data, get in front of people. You know, yeah, okay, I, I, I hear, you know, one of my buddies say, dude, you help me out and all that. I, I need data. But sure. now, not just from close friends or veterans, they'll be like, oh, yeah, man, you helped me out. I need it from complete strangers. Mm-hmm. But in more different dimensions. And now we're talking about kids, regular community, regular average Joes, mm-hmm. veterans. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the trauma world. First responders, same thing, but different kind of trauma. Yep. Different kind of um, leadership mm-hmm. and the way they got to perform. Yep. And then um, anybody else, you know, left in the mix. Gotcha. Because we're, we're, we're dealing with human emotions here. And, but, so th- is, are you having a conversation with them? Is it more talk therapy? Is that, that, that's what you do? The, the same thing, uh, the critical thinking aspect first. Mm-hmm. So I would get random articles either about Quantum Magazine, Gravitational Pool, and then mix it up a little bit, a little bit of yeah. technology, business, something interesting to where we could quantize and break it down. Okay. You know, and when that's, I... I want to do it. I want to do it. Let's do it together. Okay. For me, 
Okay. Personally. So we'll how would you know right now? So do you understand how gravitational? Uh, yes. Yes. So, so keep going. Go ahead. Yeah. So gravitational, for example, I would have gravitational pull, you know, mm -hmm. explain how, uh, you know, the, the famous science experiment that they do in a lot of schools, you know, the wet towel, put mm -hmm. the bowling ball on there, put the marble, you know, that's mm -hmm. space time. That is what gets bent, mm -hmm. you know, and the gravitational pull pulls the moon or other orbits around it. Yep. But since we are mass and we are making indentations in space time and taking up space, well, there's a gravitational field towards us. Mm -hmm. But in the subatomical world where emotions, thoughts, however you want to put it, law of attraction, there's different ways to explain this, mm -hmm. is gravitating towards you. So mm -hmm. once they learn gravitational pull, okay, how, explain to me how gravitational pull works in your world, but from your habits, and everything that you're trying to accomplish in life. Mm. So we're basically talking about almost in a sense manifestation and trying to bring or gravitate. So the two chemical reactions thing. that are happening there are big, powerful, because obviously the way it impacted my life, uh -huh. but it's the Eureka chemical reaction in the body, which is, I didn't know that. I learned something new. You feel good. You feel smarter. Creative uh, uh, neurological, new neurological pathways are yep. opening up. Mm -hmm. And then you connect that and smash that with the chemical reaction of fitness, hmm. of, of getting there. Now we're basically like a toy tooting them up pretty good. So when they walk out of the door, whatever happens behind closed doors that is out of our reach as coaches, yeah. as influencers, as whatever, combats that negative chemical reaction in the body, whatever is going on in the world. So mm -hmm. from if it we're dealing with children, whether that's absent parents, um, a troubled house, veterans, whether you're uh, alcoholism, doing drugs or whatever, there is other chemical reactions that we're dealing with. But we try to combat them with medicine. We try to combat them with this. Mm -hmm. You just had a guest talking about the, the, the clearing of mushrooms, right? Mm -hmm. What happens with mushrooms? You think about stuff, you expand your higher conscious and mm -hmm. all that. NASA did a study and they said, okay, what actually happens to the brain when you study about space? Mm -hmm. And the prefrontal lobe gets impacted so much that it's natural endorphins, not spiked by a great moment in your life or a wind that fizzles out but has a negative effect to it because there's a low that comes in. It's a <clears throat> natural it's a natural way of just completely going it without depleting anything else. Yeah. Because it's what we are. Mm -hmm. That's what happens with, with uh, women who have babies. And when, you, when you're connecting yourself and you're looking at the physics around you work the way it works, mm -hmm. you are taking yourself out and whatever conscience or perspective that you look at yourself as. Because now it's not about you. It's about the material. It's about that. And you understand that you're connected to that. Okay. So now you develop other creative ways to handle life's experiences. Because mm -hmm. every single day is different. Everything is about receiving information from the experiences that we experience, how we process it, what our perspective develops it. Sure. And then it, it comes out again. So we're combining the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, in a sense, too, as well, um, mental... I would say the mental capacity to withstand, uh, I guess, stressful situations. Yep. Right? To gain adaptation. Yep. So it's, it's it's basically training at that point. Yep. But you're training in so many different vast areas. That's why vertical integration would be ideal for this situation. So mm -hmm. with that, 
take me through like a, just you don't have to go super detailed, but take me through like a general training session that you would do. So I'll, right away, you know, interact with them, how you doing, you know, all that. And I always recommend a book for every athlete that I work with, mm -hmm. every person I work with, grab a book. Mm -hmm. It could be your interests, everything like that, but it's almost like a small little book club at the end of the session. So mm -hmm. at the end of the session, we go through the session, and a lot of my training is the way I envisioned it in the quantum mechanics. So I do very basic calisthenics workout but stations. One minute stations, mm -hmm. 15 second rest. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing there is multi-dimensions, uh, multi-dimensional work because if I say, hey, work on your breathing, catch your breath and all that, what do we naturally do as humans? We kind of like phase out and then all right, back, back into it. But when I give you a 15 second rest, you got no choice but to work on that breathing. Mm -hmm. And what is the biggest fear of a lot of people when it comes to the gym? Oh, Looking God. vulnerable. Uh, yeah, true. Or not enough, mm -hmm. or I'm weak, or here I go again. I'm not gonna never change my life. Mm -hmm. But a minute exercise, say for example, burpee or some regular hard exercise, what starts happening there? They start tearing themselves down, but emotions are flaring and we're connecting to the frequencies of matter because they know the flow that I work with them with. I talk about their lives. They relate and they talk about the book, whatever's going on in the book. But again, analogy, example, definition to the training. What did you experience in the training? How does it relate to the book that you're reading? What have you learned in the book in that chapter? Hmm. Most books that are popular that they, they pick up is self-development. Here and there, I'll get a history book or you know, like something that they're into, but it's that. And it's a form of way to communicate, but in a safe space, because hmm. I'm not directly asking you what's wrong with you. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And it's a safe zone to where they naturally explain their life, what they're going through, but in a poetic way and a most natural communication because we're only talking about the material on the book. Not your weakness. So you're not pinpointing their weakness. You're not telling them what they're doing wrong. They're actually explaining to, the, they're explaining to you through the book what they feel exactly. and what they're going through. Got it. And of, it. of course, that makes us lifelong readers automatically because that's all it does is just start, you know, yeah, take it. Yeah. And we could talk about... <laughs> does it have to be, uh, and I know it's probably irrelevant, but does it have to be like an audio book or, or, or anything? It has to be a physical book or an audio anything. book or something? Okay. Anything. Gotcha. Anything that you're into that you're going to be able to explain to me. Gotcha. Okay. You know, and be passionate. Or podcast maybe even. Right? Or be passionate about yeah. it behind it. So when you break down the law of attraction and mm -hmm. all the other stuff and all that, it's mm -hmm. basically the connections of the frequencies of matter. Yeah. And when we put emotion, thought, and physical like feeling in there, mm -hmm. those are the two chemical reactions that make that supercharge. Mm -hmm. So in theory, I'm not saying this is fact or I'm right or whatever, in theory, we are actually connecting to those frequencies in a real supercharged way, but in the quantum world. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. our thoughts, our beliefs are like, I did it, I made it through that round, I did mm -hmm. it, I could do it. That is where it starts. Mm -hmm. There's where the momentum starts. There's where the change starts. Mm -hmm. Well actions are followed because so it's not you know it's not that this person is more weak than the other one or you're you're weak-minded and all yeah. that it's just they haven't developed their program in, in a way to understand information mm -hmm. filter it through the perspective through the conscious and put it out as the successful professional that they want to be is that a 
Is that a system that you've developed over time or is that yes. something that just... Okay. So 2010, I began my therapy. I got out in 2009. You know, mm -hmm. 2010, I didn't really... I, I picked up the books and was like using it. Yeah. But for the longest time, I didn't know how to regurgitate it or even put it into it, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and now do you have like a curriculum for this or is this something that you it's just something do? that you know I, I i was like trying to put but i needed to get in front of people, people yeah you know yeah need so, test subjects so yeah. fast forward um you know i during the process 2010 2015 16 mm -hmm. i get hired for the va police oh wow you know i go on okay. there do good you know get promotion go to san diego nice I start doing that, but then inside I have this thing, mm -hmm. this thing where I don't understand what it is yet, you know, mm -hmm. but it's inside. And I knew that either I was going to make a move and go chase whatever this was mm -hmm. or sit here and then be that guy to say, like, I mm -hmm. had this idea, you know, it was just too much inside. So. You know, I leave there and I was like, I got to volunteer for programs and start coaching wherever I can, wherever I can get in front of people, you know. And I had one year left of benefits in school uh, for the GI Bill and all that, to, you know, to, to get paid. I said, all right, realistically, what am I going to go to school for for a year that's going to like make me some money, mm -hmm. become a profession kind of. Yeah. And be worth the, the time of whatever I'm doing, you know. But how could I, and how could it be a profession that I'm in the community in front of people and actually putting this into play? Yeah, it's a, it's a big decision. So barbering, mm. I was like, okay, let me, barbering, I get one smart, hour, smart. one hour with them, you know, in the seat. Super smart, bro. And that's another chemical reaction in the body yeah. that maybe it's not fitness because it's not a gym. I don't have it there. Mm -hmm. But who doesn't feel good after a haircut? I'm going to tell you, I got a barber seat back there. Right, so like that that it goes together, right? Because it, it improves like your well being, like your feeling of well being. Exactly. Yeah. And you add the Eureka chemical reaction to it, like, oh I didn't know that and then that mentoring aspect, I said, Okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna start it here at the hmm. barbershop. Wow. I'm gonna start it here. I can have veterans come for the haircut and then have, talk to them. Do it here. The youth come over here basic and when and, and when i thought about the program i said okay i need to quantize skills that are real life skills that are missing in the real world and that are not being in, in school but keep it simple enough that it's not you know i got to keep it an hour and simple that they retain it and what do they don't teach in schools how to build a resume a job speaking skills public speaking skills yeah. this that confidence mentoring staying yeah. you know consistent yeah. So the kids that would come in, high school kids, well, I would I would help them, you know, build a resume, hmm. do interview while the haircut, yeah. you know, teach them about astronomy. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. And growing up in Chicago, a lot of kids think Lake Michigan is the ocean. <laughs> I believe that. And believe some that. kids, some kids, I believe that. Yeah, <laughs> man, and, and you know what? And it's it's the truth. It's not it's not even funny, but yeah, I believe it. And some kids will never even mm. come to the understanding of what gravity really is in the most simplest forms. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's the problem. I, I believe that it, it takes, it's, uh, it's an old saying, but you, you know, you can't let school get in the way of your education, mm -hmm. you know? And really, at the end of the day, it's really, it is, I'm a parent. I have three kids, you know, you have kids? Yes. So, you know, it's like, the biggest thing that we can do with our kids is teach them the things that we didn't know. Yeah. Right. 
some people get caught up in the things like for me, it's like, okay, I wanted to give him, give my kids, my, my daughters and my son, the things that I never had, mm -hmm. but that could be worse, right? But when I can teach him things that I know that I wasn't able to be taught at certain ages and I had to learn on the go and I learn on my own, it gives him a heads up. It gives him that, that boost, that step up in competition in his life. Mm -hmm. And it gives him, it puts him in the right position. It puts them in the right position to do great things. So with that, you know, I think that you just, that was a crazy thought that you had and super smart idea mm -hmm. because what are people lack communication? Yeah. Right. I talked about this a lot on the seminars. It's like if you cannot communicate with the people that you're working with, nothing's going to change. Yeah. You're never going to progress that person. Right. They're never going to buy into the situation. They're never going to trust you. And you'll never get an idea of who they are and the person that you're actually working with. So that was very smart. That's why I was like, yo, I don't know if you thought of it like that, but that's what I, that's immediately what I thought, Yeah, you know, but you were getting yourself in front of people mm -hmm. in a way where you knew that you were going to uh, positively uh, direct them in the right ways while you give them a good haircut. Exactly. <laughs> you know, cause I knew that, all right, we're not going to just make up new buildings or fill new buildings to be like a WeWork center and like, all right guys, let me, you know, business is business at the end of the day, the bills yeah. got to get paid. Yeah. So maybe that's not going to be a cash cow to wear. And I said, all right, instead of building new or trying to put new, innovate what we already have. Mm -hmm. And when I first went to barber school, I never knew this until I went to barber school, the origins of the barber pole. Do you know why the barber pole? Is? I heard it's something. Yeah, it's something it has something to do with that. Go, go ahead. Though. So back in the day, in those like, you know, old Western days or whatever, the barbers, man, if you had a rash, they gave you the cream. You had a bad tooth, they pulled it out. Yeah, the haircut, that's right. That's the right. bloodletting, you know, mm -hmm. which is the red, the blue, the you know, the, the medical. Mm -hmm. And that's how it was. And then there's where it smacked me right there. I was like, that's it. We have to create that multi-dimensional world to where we are hitting all those frequencies of matter, hmm. but in a haircut. Hmm. That's crazy. Because those two chemical reactions in the body are clashing and they're powerful. Yeah. So how about uh, and then I and then I set up uh, push-up stations and pull-up bars out in the back of the barbershop, just something small with the sandbags. Hmm. And I would tell the kids like, hey, instead of sitting around, you know, whatever, why don't you go get some mm -hmm. while you wait for a haircut? <laughs> That's dope. And then, you know, and mm -hmm. then they would feel the empowerment of like, man, I, I'm feeling buff, you know, yeah. and then a nice haircut. And then yeah. you pep them up with the Eureka chemical yeah. reaction. Yeah. I didn't know that. I feel smart. I wish I would have known this, bro. I would have got a haircut. <laughs> podcast. <Move> <laughs> and, and, and all of that, like. I seen the results. So I, I, I went there and I was like, okay, I need more data now. Yeah. You know, not just the barbershop. So I volunteered uh, at, 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 at the, the nearest uh, public school there. Yeah. And I told uh, the school, I was just like, hey, I have an idea. Why don't we just do an extra curriculum, like a class where I just critical think with these kids. Mm -hmm. Give me all the troubled, the, the kids that you guys can't handle yep. and they just can't get it right. And they put the school psychiatrist in there to see, you know, what was going on. Mm -hmm. And simple as that, you know, PT at the very end of the class, a little 20 minutes on the pull-up bar, a little push-up, mm -hmm. you know, go, go do a sprint, you know, who can win. Mm -hmm. And then they're like jumping like just alive. Yeah. But when I would do like entrepreneur skills with them mm -hmm. and I would say, hey, kids, all right, cool. Say I'm a multi-billionaire mm -hmm. and I got money. 
I want you to think of a video game that's going to be the next best thing, but I want you to give me the marketing plan. What's what systems are going to be available? How old are these kids? Six, uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. <laughs> Love it. Give it a full-on business plan, mission statement. Yeah. yeah. Be like, all right, t- tell me, uh, is it going to be available for PlayStation only, Xbox, yeah. Y? And then how, how, what's the promise of this is going to be a cash cow? Like, mm. definitely, come on, hop on yeah. it. Yeah. And, of course, it was, a, it was a topic or something like Fortnite that they were really into. Mm-hmm. But when they were able to public speak and put a presentation on, they never did that before because they were always labeled as dysfunctional, mm. learning disability, and you're just mm. shot. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, not every school is perfect, but if the system is not the way that they learn. <clears throat> they never give them an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. And they just, it doesn't mean that they're not smart or not mm. intelligent. It's just they learn different. They weren't able to apply the, the true talent that they actually had. But if you if you hit those chemical reactions, which is the fitness, the eureka and all that, that supercharges them to try and go and push it when I'm not there. You know what you know what reminds me of is when like when you came back and you were like I had to run up the stairs and mm-hmm. just started blasting like And it was that supercharge yeah. in the Did body. Did you ever think that? Did you ever put those correlation together? I I thought about it and well, the way I thought about it is like, okay, you know, matter makes this, particles clash to make this, and then the hydron collider, mm. where scientists collide particles together to hopefully create a big smash yeah. to discover other elements, other particles, maybe to other dimensions, you know, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought about it as making that clash. How could we make that clash in the body to overwrite? Maybe if they're experiencing child abuse yeah. or absent parents or yeah. bullying, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of negative charges out there. Yeah. But if you think about like, you know, the quantum the particle world, how it works. I mean, it, you know, just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's happening or inside of us, you yeah. know. So why don't we start from the root of how it goes down? Mm-hmm. And then instead of pills or this or that. We have to discover it naturally because eventually where this world is going, we need to raise, educate the next world changers. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is bigger than politics, bigger. I mean, clean energy, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. flowing clean water. Like Mm -hmm. we got to figure something out, you know what I mean? And our children of the future have to like change the world in some kind of way. Yeah. And what I'm getting to put this all in a nutshell is that for this is a new way of thinking, mm-hmm. a new way of thinking. And if you look at the way quantum computers it definitely is operate, yeah, it's all qubits. The future of the world yeah. is encrypt. They're going to be encrypted in particles, mm-hmm. and it takes the meat of potato, the meat and potatoes, cuts the fat of all the information accessible in the universe, in the world of every different topic, of every different simulation calculation, and it brings you the best estimation right there. So I said, why can't our brains work like that? Mm. Scientists think that it works like quantum mechanics where it's charges yeah. and it's affecting everything. It's, it's all connected. So how can we build that? We're interconnected. How can we build that without slicing our heads open, yeah. chip implantment, pills or whatever? Mm. We need to be our own scientists or we're, walk, we're pretty much walking hydron colliders. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We, our bodies are capable of like, taking out blocks. 
Yeah. yeah. And one, one of the sayings that I say to, to use the, the famous Einstein equation E equals mc squared, which is energy to matter, to govern by the speed of, speed of light, is the energy, you, the energy you produce in life is the matter you create. Plain and simple. Right there. E equals mc squared. Getting into these things here, right? This is, yeah. first of all, some of the dopest artwork here, too, by the way. That's my man right there. So explain to me these two, I guess, what we call it, comic books, right? Yeah. Primarily? Yeah. So explain them real quick. So Quantum Man um, came about, actually, so when all that was going on in the barbershop, I was doing that. I had my own youth program yeah. on the beach. I trained these kids on the beach. Same thing, class outside. Because mm -hmm. here I am, I'm not charging any money. I'm doing all of this to, to help out the community, mm -hmm. get data, and see if this product, what is this product? What is it? Yeah. You know, what's actually happening here? Mm -hmm. And the pandemic hits. Yeah. 2020 hits. Everything shuts down before that barbershop cuts by grunts. I had it in San Diego. Before it even comes off the ground, it's gone. Mm -hmm. And here I am, you know, early on in the pandemic, I thought barbering was the last thing that was going to come back. Yeah. And at the time, I was working at the school, not working at the school, I was volunteering at the school. Mm -hmm. I had the youth program out of the barbershop, plus, you know, the kids that I was, or, you know, the regular clients that I had at the barbershop doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I was uh, assistant coach volunteer for the Special Olympics, mm -hmm. one of the chapters in Imperial Beach, mm -hmm. San Diego. Mm -hmm. So, and I was doing it with those kids. Gotcha. And it was, it was the most beautiful thing and I think that is one of the biggest currencies and one of the biggest values I'll ever hold in life was working with those kids and what I seen there. Yeah. You know, it's not something material. It's not something. But seeing how these kids lit up when they would feel like they understood something hard or like that. And then plus physical fitness after that. Yeah. They would give me hugs and squeeze so tight because I felt without them saying anything like, I love you, I love you, I love you. And it was that, like, yeah, no, you know. I know it, I know it. And, and that's what I was trying to do with everyone I encountered that's to, awesome. like, to get rid of that, you know, to, mm -hmm. to feel what I felt, to, you know, give that gift. So when the pandemic happened, no more outdoor, you know, sports, nothing, yeah. you know. So I get with the other coaches and I'm like, all right, let's hop online. I'll do a class on there. I think that now I was like, now it's crunching down to where I can deliver it better actually because we're on the web mm -hmm. and then I'll do jumping jacks, push-ups, and all that. Yeah. But in 2020, like when I was living over there in San Diego in IB and uh, to be exact, mm -hmm. I had no air conditioner in my house. So when I'm doing these push-ups and these classes, I'm like dripping like sweat man like puddles of sweat like hey kids <laughs> hang in there you know just man, they're looking at me like you know <laughs> poor, yeah it poor is. coach you know yeah, like dying. yeah <laughs> dying and i told you know i told myself i'm like damn i feel like this like superhero battling this evil goo yeah. that's like taking over the world and we don't know what it is and then pow a big bang moment happened right there and the idea of quantum man came alive Mm -hmm. because I knew that one day I'll tell my story, mm -hmm. but I didn't know how, I don't know, you know, like when I got out, podcasts were there, they kind of were, they weren't there. Mm -hmm. 
And then, yeah, of course, as the years went by and podcasts got a, you know, but how am I going to even get on one of them if I don't even know any of those or I'm not even close to that world, yeah. you know, around them to get invited or, or, or to like, talk. You, you know? own it now, baby. You own it now. Yeah, on and up. But I knew that I wanted to do it in a creative way to yeah. where it wasn't like, look at my life. I went through a lot of things. I'm messed up and I'm still trying to make it. Guys. No, it's <coughs> like that. Yeah, what happened happened. It was, you know, uh, unfortunate situation, but it was destined for something bigger, mm-hmm. a purpose, you know. And mm-hmm. one of my favorite scriptures is Romans 8.28. Mm-hmm. For he uses all things for good and for those that love him. Mm-hmm. And now I get to create a comic book series where I tell the tale, but in a fun, creative way mm-hmm. where I could give back to the world and say, when I got out with traumatic brain injury, mm-hmm. no education, PTSD, an alcoholic, uh, Addic- other addictions and all that me even uttering the words of me in the quantum physics world or astronomy was not even a chance a snowball's chance in hell how you got a brain injury you didn't, you didn't even finish high school you're not even in college <laughs> and when i was trying to connect everything everyone was like oh, are you trying to be like a personal trainer therapist or something like yeah. like we don't really get what you're first of its kind man you know yeah. people people they get they get weirded out by people that are actually trying to do something different. Yeah. But at the end of the day, whatever's in your heart, and you know that's going to be something that's beneficial for an individual or individuals that need it. Yeah. Just go after it, because then people are going to be like, "Man, he was onto something." Yeah. And when it starts to go. And I, jump on board. And in 2020, I was I started writing down. I started you know writing the series. I went hopped on. I met the Southern Marine David Johnson, cool dude, mm-hmm. which happens to be the illustrator of nice. the comic. And right away, you know, devil dog to devil dog connected, you know, and I was like, hey, I got this idea, blah, blah, blah. And I just started going in 2020 and just started writing it, you know, and and putting it out there. And I was like, all right, this is going to be my story, but it's going to be in a different, it's going to be delivered in a different way, in a motivating way, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, we started writing it from 2020. But as 2020 was going for me, and we all had a different experience in 2020, mm-hmm. like in the pandemic and the lockdown, <clears throat> a lot of mental health was on the rise. Mm-hmm. And now that is the secret pandemic that's going on is mental health. Absolutely. A lot of people are, are pretty bad. And then when I froze and I, I had to like mm-hmm. be in that year, all I felt right away that that was, and this is my belief, God's calling to the world saying, I slowed everything down, come to me. Mm. This is this is your time to come yeah. to me. But my process was different because starting from the early years of everything that I went through, I never dealt with that trauma head on. And I'm not talking about just the Marines. I'm talking about, you know, from my friend getting killed, mm-hmm. all of that, all of that, all none of it was ever processed. Yeah. Why? Seventeen to twenty one, all I did was drink myself to sleep. Everything was masked in alcohol. Mm-hmm. I never really dealt with it. I never really, you know, and then when 2020 happened and then the rug got pulled under me, the whole momentum that I was doing, the data that I was going, gone in an instant, Yeah, including the barbershop. Mm-hmm. But it was a blessing in the skies because it forced me to deliver it on the web and package it tighter because mm-hmm. now I'm like, okay. I could deliver, you know, whatever pep talk, critical thinking, and then do the workout. It, it formed better. Yeah, yeah. It came and together. then 
from there, that practice. That's your system now. Yeah. You developed a system. That's so practicing that right there yeah. gave me like, okay, more flow, more momentum. Sure. But at the same time, while I'm having this dream and this giant like theory of whatever you want to call this, yeah. I had to slay my own demons at the same time. Yeah. Because now I'm at the house, alcohol is very accessible and cheaper too, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I'm going, you know, through all of that and I felt like it was, it was like a, it just felt like everything compiled on top of me at once. Like God was like, you're going to deal with this right now. We're going, we're going to push this out of you right now, boy, mm -hmm. you know, no more games. I got you right here. You're going you gonna to deal with it the way it comes. And I was suffering left and right. You know, mm -hmm. uh, my wife was, you know, affected by it because all of a sudden I was having alcohol, alcoholism all over again. Mm -hmm. You know, nightmares, depression, addictions, bad addictions. This was in 2020? Yeah. In the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. So? out of nowhere. Here I am. This is probably like what? How many months after did I meet you at the seminar? I met you at tw uh, 2022. It's 2022? Yeah. Okay. Two years later. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. But a whole lot happened, you know. In, within that time frame? Yeah, a whole lot happened. You know, yeah. I was going through a lot of stuff and I was, you know, and I was losing it because my, you know, my son was there, you know, in front yeah. of me and I'm like, I'm like, what happened? Like, what, what, what just happened? Like, I, I'm over here PTing two times a day, Mr. You know, get some, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, I got all the problems now. Mm -hmm. I'm the patient. Like, I'm the fucked up one. Like, yeah. whoa. Like, what I, what I, oh, you know. And then the dream of the theory of quantum this just started fizzling out. Really? And then it became a mirror effect to where, are you fucked up, really? Mm-hmm. Have you been the negative pot, like fucked up one this whole time? Are you, have you been illusioning this this whole time? Yeah. It was like a, a dance with like all of your demons, your traumas, all of that. Everything that they talk about when, when they take, you know, the toad and Mike Tyson talked about, you know, taking mm -hmm. this. You first, you go through all of the ugly stuff that just deteriorates you, makes you feel nasty. You don't want to, you want to get out of there. And then it goes into you know, uh, euphoria and letting go and understanding the trauma and all mm -hmm. that. But I didn't have the drug to do it. I had to do it raw mm -hmm. right there and then. Took a longer time. It took a longer time. I've always, I haven't, I, I'm not saying that I had the perfect righteous, you know, path all the way there. And I, pr I pray as much as I do now. Mm -hmm. But I, there's where I felt like God was like, all right, you need to get serious with me where you have to change your life. And I'm not saying that you're doing bad things, but you have to pray harder to me, change things around, maybe go to bed at eight or nine, not go out, not drink alcohol, you know, or watch your surroundings. And you got to give me, you got to give me some real time. If you want, if you want what's on the other side of what you're praying for, mm -hmm. you go earn it right here. Cause I can't, for much is given, much is required. Mm -hmm. And when I was going through that, as a veteran, as a warrior and all that, what do we cling on to? You know, mm -hmm. like legends, you know, like the Vikings, Valhalla, you know, mm -hmm. and just, and I felt that. I felt that I was dying inside. And I felt that like, 
I wanted to give up and like I, I was like dude this is I, I can't no more man I just spent 10 years of my life trying to get to this invisible theory and now I'm like messed up again nah man like you know I wasn't thinking about committing suicide or anything like that but I was like geez yeah, yeah like come on you know and <sighs> yeah. I can't deal with it so you know St. Michael is the protector you know and I was like, man, and then right away I was like, man, let, let me really get into St. Michael, like as the angel, why he's the mm -hmm. top angel, why, you know? And of course, learning by him, I've read several books and I'm just really, and looked at him as like a battalion commander. Like, mm -hmm. all right, you know, it's- He was. Yeah, battalion <laughs> the, commander. the biggest army. Because I needed to go back, just like the therapy of going back to study astronomy, I needed to go back to the root that what made me a hard ass Marine. Yeah. Three, five, third battalion, you know? BC, badass motherfucker, company commander, badass motherfucker, this, that. I needed to get to the root of that. Mm -hmm. I needed to touch that again. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, I can't go back to the military. I can't reminisce and be like, oh, I'm, I'm a freaking war dog. And I'm, no, no, no. It had to come somewhere else, but it had to come in the spiritual realm. And mm -hmm. when I started learning that and I learned, you know, what St. Michael and his love for God, and he was literally w willing to go out, you know, in love for him, I said, God, I love you that much that I'm willing to die in this misery and I know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I don't know when it's going to happen. It's smashing me, but I'm going to love you to death and I'll never, I'll never blame you for anything that I'm going through because mm -hmm. I'll go through the suffering in complete honor of you. Maybe I'll never get it right. Maybe my life will be fucked up always, mm -hmm. always. But you know what? Your grace and protection is sufficient. And after that, and I started going through, you know, things, you know, and I felt like all this mental challenges and, you know, uh, demons and all that that I had to, you know, go through. I was going through all that. And then my wife and I, bam, went through an ugly split to where I go to Chicago. My family's like, you got to come home because you're bad and like, you know, mm -hmm. you're going through a lot and you just need to be around us again and rebuild. Yeah. So the first thing that I do is I go back and I said, I'm not gonna go back to old places, old hangouts, old people. The only one that's gonna tell me to make a decision, what decision to make is God. Mm -hmm. And I never finished my Catholicism you know, mm -hmm. course. Yep. So I said, what better time to finish it now mm -hmm. and to attend and go to church and do all that? Cause mm -hmm. I said, I need a spiritual cleaning, but a good one. Mm -hmm. I can't get my hands on a toad or do, <laughs> or do all that. So I got to go, you know, the raw dog way where it's submission to God saying, sure. I am no longer strong enough. You have to pick me up. And that's what God does. That's mm -hmm. his love is so strong that right there in that moment when you think it's it, he picks you right back up. Absolutely. And going through those mental illness and you'll hear it a lot, mental illness and depression, all that feels like you're lost in the mental uh, struggle jungle mm -hmm. and a good friend of mine uh, you know he came to visit me in Chicago while I was going through that process that healing uh, great friend of mine he's actually he's the one that lives out here in Florida uh, brought me out here you know and a great friend man one of my best friends he you know brought up the special forces uh, Mac V Sog in Vietnam mm -hmm. look those guys up they're like the secret down special forces you know like deep in there you know yeah no, and their stories are incredible you know yeah. in, in the jungle and all mm -hmm. the stuff that it did 
And we used to always go back and forth. And with my other Marine buddies, we would be like, damn, dog, we can't give up, man. Like, think about SOG, think about like freaking SEALs in Vietnam and all the stuff. Like, you know, that was real. Hell, that was the physical realm. But depression and mental illness felt that I was in the jungle, but this time with no team. Mm -hmm. And it was only my demons, the things that I needed to kill head on. Yeah. It was either that or I was never going to get to where I needed to get to. Mm -hmm. And from there, I said, I felt like, man, I feel like I'm SF for God or something. You know what I mean? Like going through all this, trying to do something big in the world, help people. Because, you know, whether you want to believe it or not, when you're trying to do something good, there's a lot of resistance. No, absolutely. So, and there's where I had another big bang, big bang moment yeah, where St. Michael's Special Operations group I love that, though. Came you, know, you know I love that. What, um, so what can, so these are for, is this for children or is this for anybody? This Quantum Man <laughs> is going to be uh, kid-based, you know, I'm going to mm -hmm. try to keep it clean. And yeah. then St. Michael is going to be a, a spawn adult. Really? Yeah, because I'm putting uh, what we're going to keep these. Yeah, that's yours, man. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. those, those are your copies. <laughs> Perfect, man. man. And St. Michael Special Operations Group. And with that one and uh, in that comic, I'm going to put the biggest trials of my life when I was going through that. Because this this clean, whatever you want to call this, was a span from starting trickling, starting in 2018 to 2019. And then the pandemic was the icing yeah, on the cake. On the cake. So all those years those big challenges that i went through they're mm -hmm. gonna be stories in there but in that comic saint yeah. michael is recruiting sf guys but from all over the world that's dope and arming up you know the team of god for a big battle that's coming so it's a fun way but it, i i like to put in and the reason why I'm, I'm i've gone into the comic industry and doing this because sometimes this right here, and this is the reason why I got the cover tattooed mm -hmm. on my throat. Because mm -hmm. especially walking around in Chicago and other places, yeah. this is the only church some people will ever see. Mm -hmm. And that's asking me, hey, what is that? That looks cool, you know? And that's yeah. how we are. Like, oh, wow, that, what, what is that? Mm -hmm. So without me shoving down my beliefs, religion, down someone's throat, mm -hmm. you just hear. And if it resonates with you, it resonates with of you. Of course. Yeah. That's how it should be. And I feel like right now, especially in this time in, in the world right now, is we need to be doing that left and right. And there needs to be lights lit up in every single way. Because I know what that dark tunnel feels like and looks like. My comics are going to be a little light that I'll leave on for whoever walking through. Well, you're definitely on the start of something special. I'll yeah. tell you that. I'm glad you were. And one, it's an honor to talk to you. And thank you for sharing your story. No, I know this is the me. first one, yeah. but you're going to do plenty. Trust me. <laughs> We're going to get you on all these podcasts. Yeah. Um, where can they find you? Instagram. Your website's about to launch, too, yeah. as well. So, so look out for it. Uh, the website, Kano Science, is about to launch. Um, I want to be doing a coaching online program to help people out and just use my gift that I packaged, you know, mm -hmm. for what I'm doing it. And, you know, whoever it resonates with, mm -hmm. let me help out. You know, now, as it. of right now. Where can they find you? Email. Instagram, Instagram, Quantum Man Actual. Got it. Perfect. Right. Man, check this man out. And you'll be seeing him plenty more. Maybe we'll bring him back on for another another episode. But uh, thank you again, my brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. Shake your hand yeah, one time. It's been an honor. See you again next time.